Can't we just go home? I thought you didn't have pain in the dark, he said. My father went looking every night after that. Once his taxi shift had finished, he would drive in circles on the outskirts of town, listening to the radio, looking up. Sometimes he asked if I wanted to skip ballet and join him. Don't you remember what happened to us and the coyotes? Don't you want to find out where that light came from? It was a meteor, I said. How can you be my daughter and really believe that? Dance lessons lasted until nine or ten in the evening. Sometimes I would eat dinner, sometimes I wouldn't. My mother prepared steamed broccoli and lean fish for me. My father insisted I eat red meat. You'll lose your brain without food, he said. A meal, to him, without beef, was starvation. I threw up at least one meal per day. Laura had taught me that, with your middle finger, it always works the first time. In the dressing room before rehearsals and performances, the smell of hairspray on everything, I watched the other girls undress with ease. They chatted in the nude as they applied their blush and their red lipstick. Most were petite, hairless. They were weightless. They could fly. The first herald of Dylan for Laura was in Mexico. Once a month, she and her father would travel three hours south so he could build new beachfront houses for rich Americans and they could meet their psychic. The psychic only did her consultations on the beach. Her clients huddled around her, and only at dusk or dawn. These were the hours, Laura explained to me, that the door to the afterlife was ajar. Returning from Mexico, Laura's hair lightened, a flame against her skin. She would don sombreros. She carried with her the cheap guitars she'd bought on the beach and strummed them, walking the great halls between classes, not noticing the glances or the snickers, not caring. Those days, she walked with the full grace of a dancer, her footprint soft. It was what the ocean did to her, left her floating in its wake. She didn't wash her hair for at least a week after leaving the sea. We met in the wash beyond the bleachers of our school to smoke after third period. Laura gave the psychic a name, Maria, and said Maria had told her something interesting at last that didn't have to do with her father's business or her mother's messages from the land of the dead. First, Maria told me my dark friend and I are about to enter an era of true darkness. Also, that a visitor is coming to us and that we should be careful. She whispered, though we were alone. And I'm your dark friend? I asked. Then she told me that it's my Indian blood mixed with my Irish that makes me so dangerous. That I'm a witch like my mother, but I don't understand my power yet. That my mother was always an outcast and that I take after her. She said I have vision, that my dark friend has vision too. She said yours travels in dreams. 
She said we found each other for a reason, you and I. Then, right after that, we were driving home, and those aliens appeared. She said I have visions? I asked. Did you see the lights? She asked. I shook my head. Laura exhaled her cigarette dramatically and extinguished it on the heel of one of her cowboy boots. It looked like a ship, and the sound it made was like wind, like rushing wind. The surface was like waves. There were seven lights, and I swear they were in the pattern of the Pleiades. They were blue. On the news, they said they were red. Blue, I swear. She nodded solemnly and clutched her locket. What's in there anyway? I asked.